hear us through your AirPods or see us on your laptop, how about meeting us in real life? Because we're taking Queer Money on the road this summer and fall. Visit QueerMoneyPodcast.com forward slash tour or the link in your podcast player to find out when we'll be in your neighborhood. A common adjective people use to describe how they feel about their credit card debt is shame. There are other words, sometimes choice words, but the most common one is shame. I think that's because we tie so much of our self-worth to our financial success. If we don't earn enough money or have the right career or drive the right car, we often feel judged by society. And this judgment turns into feeling shame about what we have or haven't accomplished rather than being more concerned about who we are and how we treat others. Today, we're interviewing Jeanette Longobardi. Jeanette is one of the current members of the Credit Card Payoff course, which, by the way, is currently open to new members, but only for a few more days. Jeanette shares her prior struggles with debt and how she got a loan to pay off her debt one time, only to acquire that debt all over again. Jeanette felt trapped in a cycle she couldn't get out of, and that's when she found the Credit Card Payoff course. Jeanette shares how she's turning her financial situation around and shares how that's changing so many other parts of her life and her outlook. As I said, the credit card payoff course is currently open to new members, but only for a short time. The doors will close at midnight Eastern time on Thursday, September 12th. Once it turns Friday, September 13th, the doors will close till we don't know when. So if you have credit card debt and you want those nasty bills to stop coming at you, if you want to stop robbing Peter to pay Paul, and to stop feeling like you're hiding some sort of secret problem that no one else has, go to debtfreeguys.com forward slash debtfree2019 and make this the year you start paying off your credit card debt once and for all. Now, on with the show. This podcast is sponsored by Capital One. Capital One is redesigning the banking experience by offering simple, straightforward, and seamless ways for you to bank from almost anywhere. So banking fits into your life, not the other way around. There's personal finance for the masses. This is not personal finance for the masses. This is Queer Money. So welcome, Jeanette, to Queer Money. We're excited to have you. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Thank you. So it's always exciting for us to be able to share our course members' experiences um, with our audience because uh, I think especially from the Queer Money Tour that we just completed, we get this impression that many people have this perception that debt and credit card debt are a way of life. And the course members are sort of proving that wrong. Like you can pay that off and you can achieve your goals and there's a, there's a way to do that and the positivity and everything you've been hoping for is in the future. <laughs> Isn't that right, Jeanette? Isn't that right? It's right, yes. Yes, I can agree. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Well, it is. The, the nice thing is, is you, you've all heard our story over and over and over again, right? And so it's nice for us to introduce new voices to you uh, that are individuals who are doing something at least similar to what we've done when it comes to paying off our debt. They're following the process that we have created, the one that we followed when we were getting out of debt and showing that it it is actually helping other people. So it's nice to hear it from other stories, other individuals, because every story is going to be unique. And maybe some of the pieces that we have discussed on in our story resonate with you. But some of the things that maybe Jeanette, or some of the other individuals such as Fred, Karen and Dave that we've talked about before, uh, their stories may resonate with you as well. Exactly. So Jeanette, would you mind um, describing what was your financial situation like before the course, which is about, I guess, at this point, six or seven months ago? Right. So 
I was I would categorize it as being a financial mess. Um, <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> um, I had about I would say thirty thousand dollars in credit card debt that came after I had taken a personal loan out the year before to pay off my credit card debt. Mm-hmm. Then. And so now I'm in like $60,000 worth of debt. And, you know, I realized at that point that things were out of control and uh, it really wasn't about the money anymore. It was like a mindset thing. So, Mm. yeah, so I was I was in bad shape. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're not the only one. Right. And and uh, although $60,000 is more than what we had, we know plenty of others who had multiples of that and have paid it off. What I do find interesting is that you're not alone in this journey of individuals who have acquired some debt, took some measures to try to pay it off, or at least in this case, refinance it into a loan that seemed more manageable. And then (laughs) those credit cards were used again. <laughs> that that life that lifestyle of spending just continued, uh, and you know, John and I have discussed this openly. That after we paid off our fifty one thousand dollars in credit card debt, it wasn't within I think within a year later that we had some more credit card debt because we kind of fell back into a lifestyle of, oh, we can do this. We we paid all our debt off. We have some money to spend, and then we start spending it again. <laughs> mm-hmm. I I couldn't believe it when I when I racked up this amount again in 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 a year's time i mean it was even it was so quick i mean the first the first uh 30 grand that i uh, you know acquired that was over a couple of years but then to get back there again in a year's time mm-hmm. i just was like how is this happening i was just dumb, dumbfounded so you you made the comment earlier that your mindset had hadn't shifted yet can you right. extrapolate on that so I do like a lot of uh, like mindful meditations and um, things like that. Um, and so because of like the meditations that I, ju- I do in general for other things, I had been reading up on the um, sort of like the psychology of spending and of like what debt means spiritually. And um, when I was finding out is that like debt is sort of, and spending is, can be like an addiction. Mm -hmm. So I, when I was kind of doing my separate reading on like what debt means and like the, the mindset and meditations and things like that, I realized that, and also in reading that it was, my mindset was more of a, like a scarcity mindset. And that's where a lot of my spending came from. Um, Gotcha. And just to give, I guess, I guess just to give like a background on that, I had a medical event a couple of years ago that it was pretty severe. And I think from that point, that kind of shifted, well, it shifted my entire life for one. Mm-hmm. And then the second part of that was that um, because of that, that that's where kind of where the scarcity men- mindset came from, where I was like, I need this now because I may not be here. I need this now because like I may die. Mm-hmm. I need this now because there may not be another chance to get it. And so I just started, I, you know, I started to just spend and spend and spend to try to fill a gap that I didn't know how to fill in another way. 
Right. Yeah. Gotcha. That's such amazing introspection. I think if half of the people who are in credit card debt did that, they could probably pay off their credit card debt themselves. Well, or at least they, they would recognize where that mentality or the desire to spend is coming from. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's fascinating. What motivated you to do, to do that kind of introspection? Um, well, I, well, part of it, again, part of it is because, uh, because I do like meditations and like, I like, like energy healing and things like that, um, in that realm of life. <laughs> um, I just, I'm always trying to, I suppose, look at my shortcomings and try to see what the meaning is behind it. So a lot of what I do has a lot of mindful meaning behind it, or I want to know the the reason behind why I could be in a certain situation or not. So money and debt had kind of fell into that when I was realizing that I was in a situation that I no longer felt like I can get out of myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I felt yeah, I felt kind of stuck. Right. Yeah. I think it's smart. I love that. That's, that's a whole other podcast. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so you, you told us a little bit about how you acquired your debt. Can you maybe tell us what kind of a kind of a debt acquisitioner were you? Were you a nickel and dimer? Were you buying big things? Was it a combination of the, of the two? Well, I definitely wasn't getting anything exciting, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> it's not like I had like a great wardrobe or, you know, fancy vacations. I really, a lot of what I spent my money on, you just, you couldn't tell. So I think it all, when I think about it, I think it all kind of started back in like 2010. That's when I, that's like a, a date that comes up in my head when I think about when it all just started to snowball together. And I mean, that now it's nine years ago, but from that point to this point, um, I had already had balances on my existing credit cards. Then my sister got married and that has its whole, whole <laughs> other expense there. <laughs> then I went on a vacation to Europe right after that. Then I had my medical event. Then I lost my job. Uh, and when you lose your job, you know, you have you have to go on COBRA insurance and that's thousands of dollars that you're paying out of pocket. Then I got a, a new job, but it had terrible health insurance. So again, a lot of money going out of pocket. Mm-hmm. And then the normal stuff like holidays, birthdays, and even just, you know, that cup of coffee in the morning, mm-hmm. just little stuff. So it was a mix of big stuff, little stuff. And then everything in between. Gotcha. And one of the difficult things with acquiring debt in that manner is what you said before. It wasn't anything big. It didn't wasn't anything like you felt like you had this amazing life because you were spending all of this money. It was things that you probably didn't realize were quickly adding up, but they added they did. They added up mm-hmm. really quick. And I think you may probably have heard John and I say this before especially when we, when we went back and did our spending analysis, we said, we don't have a, this amazing life. But then we looked at how our spending was and we're like, wow, we are spending a lot of money on things that actually a lot of people would love to be able to spend money on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was just going on the credit cards. Mm-hmm. So it was a fabulously broke life, but we didn't think it was because those things had become habits to us. Right. 
So I'm curious about the your sister's wedding. You mm-hmm. mentioned that that's a whole other mm-hmm. reason for your acquisition of debt. I think for many people, um, and we actually just had this conversation with hosts that we're staying with right now in, in Westchester, Pennsylvania, they have a wedding coming up. And the amount of money that they're spending on this wedding that's not even um, a family member um, is, is quite large. And so I'm curious, like, to what extent did that add to your debt? And did that feel like an obligation that you kind of couldn't get out of? So my sister got married in 2010. So it was one of the first things that I would say was the biggest expense that I ever had, ever. Um, And, you know, my sister and I are close. So being her maid of honor, and, you know, I had a some responsibilities with just paying for, you know, the, the bachelorette parties and the bridal showers. And, you know, my sister is is not really the kind of person to demand that I spend all this money on her. She That's not how she is. But I did feel a little pressure from the rest of my family to go above and beyond for her. Interesting. Um, so... I did feel I did feel the pressure and then because I felt the pressure it made me feel like a terrible sister <laughs> and so I didn't want to feel like a terrible sister so I overextended myself mm-hmm. yeah and you know it's not something that I talked about with her right but and it's not even something that I talked about with like the people who had issues with what I was already giving but I definitely overextended what I could afford Do you think, in in hindsight, that there was a better way to navigate that? Oh yes, absolutely. (laughs) Tell (laughs) tell the person who had something to say to. (laughs) You can say it. Choice words. (laughs) (laughs) Choice words. To be like, my relationship with my sister is one way. It has nothing. It doesn't. My our relationship does not have a monetary value attached to it. Right. So. It's about, you know, it's about time and love. It's not about money. Right. Absolutely. I think, and, and thank you for sharing that. I think so many people, I think weddings are like this, I don't want to say it's a burden. I, I just think some, so many people feel this obligation to attend every wedding that they're invited to and make sure that they give an amazing gift and sort of live up to all these expectations, whether it's the bride and groom, groom and groom, bride and bride, who had that expectation, or if it's friends or family members. Um, and so many people, I think, spend an inordinate amount of money that they if they didn't have that social pressure, right. they might not spend that much money on a particular wedding. Well, I think it starts Attending at a wedding. I think it starts at the very beginning, right? When typically the individual who is proposing, they feel this expectation that you have to spend this amount of money or you have to have this kind of engagement ring. You have to do this kind of thing, not only to win the person that you're going to be marrying, but because that's going to turn or they're going to turn around and show that to all of their friends and family. And if it doesn't meet everyone's expectations or blow them away or isn't Pinterest worthy or, or Instagram worthy, then you failed as an individual. Mm-hmm. And I think that that kind of trickles down into a lot of aspects of weddings, holidays, giving in general mm-hmm. in our society that you have to give to the point where it hurts you, but it's it's a uh, social media worthy for everyone else. Exactly. <laughs> so that's a whole other queer money. Yeah. <laughs> and now a quick word from our sponsor. 
Capital One's checking and savings accounts have no fees and no minimums. And with one of the best saving rates in America, you can rest easy watching your money grow with no fees to bring you down. You can open an account in about five minutes, which means you are only about five minutes away from getting your savings to grow with one of the nation's best rates. So back to the topic at hand, how did you feel about your credit card debt um, before you started taking the course and your financial situation before you started taking the credit card payoff course? Oh, so I was in a really dark place before that. I felt really helpless. Um, even though I was reading about a bunch of articles of like what to do, how to earn more money and all this other stuff, I just still felt really helpless. I felt really overwhelmed by the amount and like probably one of the the worst feelings was that I felt like a complete like failure, a loser, mm-hmm. felt inept, I felt irresponsible. It was just such a it was just a horrible feeling. I just you know, I have you know, you have people that say, "Oh, well, you know, you make X amount of money and you're and you're single, so you should have all this money." And because I didn't, it made me feel even worse. Right. Then I was feeling on my own. So I was not in a good place at all. Right. Again, those those um social expectations are pressure on you. But then, you know, it's it makes sense then why we see and hear that so many people are stressing about money weekly. It's causing uh, a mental health issues for individuals because they are so stressed out about their money. It's clear you were feeling that way. You said you were in a dark place and it's just so common uh, amongst people today. So yeah, absolutely. Thank you for, for being so honest about that. I think it's, it's, it's definitely something very vulnerable and honest to share. And I, we appreciate that. But it makes me wonder though, especially, you know, considering our story and other members of the, of the course, credit card payoff course and other stories we've heard before, I wonder what percentage of debt is acquired to live up to everybody else's expectations. That would be an interesting index. I'm sure it's pretty high. <laughs> so the next question I think is going to be very interesting um, that we're going to ask you because your story is a little bit different. You, you made the decision to, to pay money for a course to help you pay off credit card debt. So I'm curious how you justified paying for a course to help you pay off credit card debt. But also you've said in the past that you used to um, take all sorts of courses before and then not necessarily finish them. So what's triggered you to still purchase this particular course? So I don't remember how I found your website, um, but I was looking at some some article regarding debt and paying off debt. And so when I finally, when I found your website, I was reading your story and I resonated so hard with your story. Um, I was just like, <laughs> oh my God, these guys get it. And I just said, you know, let me check out, let me check out the course. And, you know, the price, price was reasonable. And then, you know, honestly, the reason that I ended up making the commitment to take the course was I found it was something in in, in the email that I had sent over to you guys. And when I think, John, you responded to my email and you were just so personable and I was just so 
um, I guess, excited that like you were just like down to earth and like a real person behind the email and behind the course. And I don't know that I, that was the thing that kind of was like, you know what, I think this would be good for me. I like these guys right away. And I resonate so much with their story that what do I have to lose? <laughs> Well, it could have been one hundred and forty-seven dollars. <laughs> it could have been, but luckily, it was the best investment that I've ever made. Okay. Nice. Well, thank you thank, so much for yeah, saying that. Thanks for saying that. See, I am personable. <laughs> John is looking at me with the chagrin right now. <laughs> so, uh, that thank you. Thanks again for sharing that. So, what has been? So, you you just said you know it's, it's been a great a good experience for you. Can you kind of extrapolate on what the experience has been so far and, and why you think it's been so good? Sure. I mean, when I when I talk about this course to other people, because I tell, I, I've told a couple people already, and I talk about how amazing this course is and how amazing it's been. And I'm like totally not being dramatic right now, even though, you know, sometimes I could be a little bit dramatic. <laughs> um, no, really? <laughs> <laughs> but I'm totally not being dramatic. Like, my entire outlook has completely changed since taking this course with you guys. You know, as I said before, I was in a really dark place and feeling like a failure in terms of my my spending habits. And so being in this course and um, having, you know, the, um, the weekly calls and everything, I went from feeling inept to feeling confident and like hopeful um, that I will be able to pay off my debt. I feel responsible again. I feel motivated. Um, I mean, it's completely shift my mindset, my feelings, like core, my core overall being has gone from dark to light in six months. Wow. So, um, <laughs> and I need to, and I kind of just want to put out there that the support part of it has been crucial to my success. And I feel like it potentially is crucial to most people. And I say that because that was the thing that I didn't have before this course. I didn't feel supported. I didn't feel safe having this conversation with anybody. You know, and in this course, I feel like it's okay. I feel safe to like admit my shortcomings. I feel safe to admit where I spend my money, which was really hard at one point to share. But I said I, I need to I need to be able to express where the foolish places where I could be spending my money and I can do it in a place without feeling like I'm being judged. And um I guess for me, that's been like the biggest contributor to my success. I will say thank you. Thank you for saying that right now. But I, I think that John and I have over and over again, after we've gotten done with our, our Tuesday evening calls, uh, have said that it's just inspiring to hear the vulnerability and the um, freeness that many of you speak about when you're when we're talking on Tuesday nights. And it is that kind of the ability to express it and the fact that you do express it that makes it a reality in your life, right? It's nothing that you're yeah. hiding from anymore. It's something that's out there and now you know it's an issue, it's an issue that you can address or you can say, okay, I, I understand I've got a problem with spending on this or that or these things. And 
now that I know it's out there, I can do something about it. I can at least try to figure out how to reduce it or eliminate it if, if that's at all possible. Exactly. And um, yeah, I mean, it just this whole support part of it and, you know, the support coming from you guys and the support coming from the rest of the people in the group on the call, um, you know, it just having those calls, it's something I look forward to every week. Um, it's, it's very much an accountability. You all are my accountability partners (laughs) and, um, you know, it makes me feel finally feel like I can and I will succeed. So it's just, it's been, I would say like, that would be like the starred point, key point on the uh, <laughs> on the PowerPoint. Yeah. Like this is what has changed completely. Yeah. I think you know. I love that you said that. Sometimes when when David and I aren't talking, and the the members are talking back and forth about what's working for them, what's not, uh, you know, what they just learned or whatever. When you guys are just like kind of taking ownership of those weekly calls, to us it's so inspiring because it's like that's the environment we want we wanted to create. We don't want to just like have these video chats and sort of lecture because you know, that's what the course provides basically the lecture. Um, we kind of wanted the, the video chat to help guide you along with us, but then also for like the community itself to sort of, to feed off each other right. and exa- exactly what you guys are doing. And so it's, it's, um, you know, there are sometimes our Tuesdays are, are pretty blase and sometimes are negative, <laughs> but more often than not, when we have, by the time that Tuesday call is over, David and I are so pumped and excited. It's kind of, it can turn our day around. Yeah. So thank you for sharing that. I'm going to throw in an additional question here because I think this is maybe an important one. Um, Jeanette, you you came from this place where you had a significant amount of debt. Did you expect your debt to be gone immediately, like in a in a relatively short period of time, or did you do do you think it was going to take a while for you to tackle this? Um, I don't know. Um, I didn't really have any expectations surrounding that. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess because it's such a large number, I knew that it wasn't going to go away overnight mm-hmm. because I had tried that the first time with the personal loan and that didn't work out well. So I guess I'm just, I don't know. I don't have a good answer for that. No, that's fine. I just think now in retrospect, looking at it and now where you're at, how do you feel about that number and being able to overcome it? I feel confident that it will get here sooner than later mm-hmm. thanks to the tools and the program. Yeah, I mean, I I had of about, I think, seven years on the personal loan. And I think what I calculated out using the payment tracker, I could potentially have everything else wiped out by the time the personal loan is paid off. Right. So that's about four years from now. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. It is. And for those of you who are listening and you have, you feel like you're maybe in the same place as Jeanette with this insurmountable uh, or what feels like an insurmountable amount of debt. That's the thing to keep in mind is that for most of us, we didn't acquire the debt overnight. It won't go away overnight. There's all sorts of commercials on TV about all these organizations and programs that will make your debt go away. They don't really, you can't read the fine print on a commercial on TV, but most of those, the vast majority of the debt really won't go away and you'll still be stuck with a lot of payments and a lot of potentially tax issues. And so the the reality is, is that as Jeanette has pointed out, it is something you can overcome. 
And you do need many, for many of us, we do need a support system. We need a, a strategy. We need a plan and we need to take the steps to do it. I just want to add uh, one more thing. I was actually thinking about this this morning because, again, going back to thinking I could just pay off all this debt with the personal loan and then it came back a year later. And I think in in some aspects, at least for me, I thought I was taking the, the easy way out was getting the personal loan. But in retrospect, I feel like sometimes you have to go through things the hard way and that the hard way is not necessarily the bad way of going through it. It's just that if you, if it takes longer for you to pay off your debt, and in my case, I think that's why this is a, is good for me. You really, it's not just like, uh, I pay it, I consolidate, I pay and it goes away. This is like an every day I'm thinking about how I'm spending my money, what I could spend on, what to save, how I can make extra money, and like every little bit extra can go towards that debt. And I think so many people, myself included, we like to say that things are hard. It's hard to save money. It's hard to pay off debt. And it's not that it's hard. It's that you have to have the commitment and the discipline to do it. Those things could be difficult, but mm -hmm. it's not hard. But and so if you're not, and for me, I have I have issues committing to finishing courses, as we've mentioned before. <laughs> and so far, this is the only course to date I have finished, and I am like, I'm I'm in my finances at least once a day, every single day. So I'm committing to being disciplined about my finances. And I think that mindset shift is what will help me pay off my debt, in quotes, the hard way. And I think once I'm done, I'll be, it'll be a completely different story moving forward. Absolutely. Thank you for saying that. That, I think, is the very reason why 70-plus percent of people who win the lottery and over 75% of professional athletes end up going bankrupt shortly after they win the lottery or their career is over because the money just, I think the money came a little bit maybe too easy and they didn't necessarily know how to, to manage that or to, to, to nurture that. Um, and I think, so I think you're, I think you're right. I, I know for me, if, if somebody would have just paid off my credit card debt, I would definitely be in credit card debt again and again and again, I probably never would get out of it because I didn't necessarily learn the lesson that I would have need to have learned. And I, I just think to your point, yes, sometimes you kind of need to go quote unquote the hard way to actually get what it is you're supposed to get so you can become the person you're supposed to become. Right. It's learning the lesson, learning the real lesson. You know, that's, that's one yes. of the reasons why we have said over and over again that we chose to pay off our debt before making more money because we knew even if we just made more money, it didn't necessarily mean that our bad spending habits wouldn't still be there and we would have just spent more money. Like we know people who are mm -hmm. making six figures and have six figures worth of credit card debt because they just haven't learned how to control their spending portion before they started earning money. Right. 
So now that we're all in agreement. <laughs> <laughs> so kind of putting yourself out there four plus years in the future, you make your last payment, the money starts acquiring instead of uh, going to pay off your credit card debt. What do you plan on doing with the extra money that you're going to start acquiring? Uh, well, I think I would do some more investing. Hopefully in four years, I'll know a little bit more than what I know now. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> probably like save for like I don't know maybe a car maybe a house maybe a new apartment I mean maybe a nice vacation I kind of don't have anything like super set in stone it's just that I I think if I would be $30,000 richer that just is I feel a little bit financially secure with my new financial freedom <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I love that you said investing first. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <Right. laughs> yeah. First that, and foremost. <laughs> it's, it's time to start making it grow rather than disappear, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, thank you so much for, again, being so vulnerable and honest and sharing your, your experience both before the course as, as well as your experience going through the course. Before we close out, do you have any last thoughts or comments you'd like to share? Um. Not really. <laughs> cool. <laughs> That's fine. We love the honesty. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, well, thank you again for joining us for Queer Money and, and sharing your story. We appreciate it. And I, I think Jeanette will probably eventually have you back on so you can we can talk about that that point when you have all of that paid off. It's going to be okay. a great, great uh, story to look back on. And then at that point, you're going to be telling us all the different things that you're going to be planning on using that money for. <laughs> right? Exactly. I hope so. <laughs> you bet. We'll hold you to that. Yes. All right. Thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you, guys. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Jeanette, for being so open and honest about your prior and current financial situation. It inspires David and me, and we know that it will inspire others. We just couldn't ask for a better testimonial for the credit card payoff course. So to you, our listeners, if you're struggling with credit card debt, and we know that most of you are because you've reached out and told us, and you want that stress, that shame, that annoyance, that mistake to finally disappear once and for all, then now is your chance to become debt-free. Take this important step and finally pay off your credit card debt. Go to debtfreeguys.com forward slash debtfree2019. By New Year's morning 2020, you'll wish you have. So go to debtfreeguys.com forward slash debtfree2019. Talk with you next week. To learn more about how our sponsor, Capital One, is reimagining their local spaces and experiences to have banking better fit your life, visit www.capitalone.com and follow them on social at Capital One Cafe. From Los Angeles, California to Winooski, Vermont, we're taking queer money on the road. Join us as we gamify personal finance with Queer Money Bingo or catch our signature Live Fabulously Not Fabulously Broke Talk and so much more in between. Check out QueerMoneyPodcast.com forward slash tour or the link in your podcast player regularly for date and location updates.